I've spent the last 12 years trying to find the ultimate model to run a chiropractic business, and I think I discovered it. The Clinic Gym Hybrid Model, where you integrate fitness with the great care that chiropractic offices offer. Now, I perfected that model, and I sold that business last year. Now I've gone full-time into discovering how to help others build the same model in their practice, and I have the goal of 100 hybrid clinics starting up in the next year. So follow along as we interview the greatest guests, thought leaders in our space here, and discover the ways to perfect this model so that you can run an amazing business that also contributes to your time off, increased pay, and increased fulfillment by doing the care that you truly believe in. I'm Dr. Josh Satterley, and this is Clinic Gym Radio. Hey, everybody out there. Welcome to another episode of Clinic Gym Radio. I am your host, Dr. Josh Satterley, and I'm glad, I'm, I'm privileged, I'm uh, honored today to be joined by uh, Steve Hornina. Steve, how are you, buddy? I'm fantastic, Josh. How are you? I'm fantastic as well, my man. Now, Steve, uh, unfortunately, you're a friend of a previous guest, uh, Anthony Batiste. Nobody likes him, dude. Just admit it. But no, if Anthony's listening, he's never going to listen to this because he's too cool for school. But if he's listening, uh, he's actually a pretty damn good provider. So I'll give him that, you know. Agreed. But anyways, uh, for those people who are listening, you're coming from the PT world and people may not have seen uh, you around because we got a lot of chiropractors listening to this. Could you give us a little snapshot of who you are and what you do and uh, why we shouldn't be scared of you just because you're a PT? Absolutely. No, I'm happy. I'm happy to answer all of those questions. So I am a small practice owner in West Village in New York. I used to manage a pretty decent sized clinic here and then started to realize that I was really burnt out and knew that something had to change, whether that meant that I would make more or less money. I frankly didn't care at the time, just something had to give. So I started to walk away from that and realize that I would be better off serving myself and serving the people that I work with if I could just get back to working to one hour, one-on-one kind of the same way that it was when I was a student. I know that sounds crazy to bring it all the way back, but that's when I was happiest, when they would say, go off, go take that someone, go down a rabbit hole with that person. I knew that's always where I felt the most happy and content, and I knew that I could do a better job than what I was doing when I was managing. I was taking courses and taking certifications as yeah. well. So. Now, just for those people listening, I want to give some context here because I'm, I'm a, somewhat familiar with the PT world. Some of our listeners may not be. But in a large PT setting, like you're talking about, it starts becoming somewhere between we're dealing in academia because the hospital has regulations they want you to follow and dealing with a very large corporate structure usually, right? Like right. they do this BS game of like, we want the best patient outcomes. And oh, by the way, keep that person coming back because we want the business, but make sure they're better as fast as you can, but don't let them go, but make sure you're providing great care, but don't take too much time. And we want you to care about everybody, but you have to care about them in six minutes or less, basically. Right. And I think that a lot of those hospital models, which I was, I, I feel very blessed. I had very good mentors before I started, but they were private practice owners. I saw my boss every single day. My mm-hmm. own, the owner of the clinic was treating across the room from me every single day. So I was glad that I didn't have to be in that hospital model, which I know is very dollars and cents. Yeah. Within very, very obviously, I feel like to be a fly on the wall at those meetings, it would be very obvious that they are talking about the amount of money that needs to come in in order to keep afloat and Medicare billing regulations and the amount of time that needs to be and needs to be 53 minutes versus 15 and can't have multiple yeah. people. The notes need to say this because of, and I get it. I understand 
that that hospital needs to put on their life jacket first in order to help people. I wouldn't bastardize them, but I do understand how it can be very money driven. I think that you get to see the heart and soul a little bit more of your boss because you know that they got into it just to help people out. But then mm -hmm. you see the, the stress and strain that plays on them because they have to keep the doors open and rent can be high. And we don't come cheap. PTs do come at a price tag. And that from taking the step from being a clinician into being a manager, I got to see a little bit into that world. And it scared me to the point where I knew when I started my own shop, it would have as few moving pieces as possible because I didn't want to hamstring myself with a big nut for my rent and a big mm -hmm. nut for my staff and everything else that goes along with having a practice. So you see the struggle and you're almost grateful that it's not happening to you in that moment, but you know that you want to do something totally different. And yeah. that's the genesis of what came about. Awesome. And so you really developed kind of a, as much as you could, like a, uh, uh, a map to avoid the pitfalls of startup, right? Like for that, yeah. as I call it, the lone ranger, the person that's going out on their own. And when I say alone, like minimal staff, if any, minimal space, carve out a room from a, you know, from a friend that owns a gym kind of stuff if you can, but do it that yeah. way. And that's where you've kind of polished the model, right? No, that's me. And that's the, that is why, that's why I want to talk to you because I yeah. have had this conversation 10 to 12 times with my friends and then probably with every student that I've had since I started practicing, which was how do I end up getting to the point where I can work for myself again and for my patients? And yeah. that's where I felt like I knew, and it's entirely possible the pendulum swung too far back, but I'm glad that it did, that I wanted my fixed cost to be so low because I knew that all that really mattered was me as a clinician. I can do good PT in a closet, in a corner, oh, yeah. and I was in a yoga studio. I mean, PT I was or Cairo, like the greatest office. part of it is, I remember I was talking to this guy who runs a charity down in Mexico. It's called Liga, and you fly down for the weekend. You treat a bunch of people in, in, like in these gangster-ass yeah. places in Mexico. I mean, talking like donkey trains yeah. and stuff like that like to get supplies. Totally. And, uh, and he, he was, I said, hey, do you let Cairo's do it? And he goes, oh, man, we love Cairo's and PT's. I was like, really? He goes, Oh, dude, the worst thing I ever have is like these orthopedic surgeons that come down because they were bleeding hearts. And, and he goes, uh, you'll see a guy do an assessment on a guy. And he's like, all right, I just want an MRI and a blood panel on this. And it's like, we don't have that here. Yeah. Like, you're, well, the, the closest thing you're going to get to an x-ray is the sun, dude. So <laughs> whatever you can get. No, and he's and I mean, like, at least chiros and PTs put their hands on and do it like now, like evaluation treatment now or in a locker room now, you know? So no, I, I think we're blessed in that and it certainly makes it easier to operate. We're gritty and grimy and that's how we should be. I mean, I'm a, I'm a former wrestler. I feel like that carries over into my practice. We're just, we are the, we're the grunts of the physical therapy yeah. world, the grunts. Um, and I'm actually heading down to piggyback what you said, heading down to Ecuador for medical mission this week. And it's exactly that. I'm on the floor almost the whole time working with pediatric neuro, trying to get these wheelchairs right. And then when someone comes in for the parents, I go and I grab a chair and another chair and I put it over and they're so happy to have it done. And that's the beauty of physical therapy. And especially when you get into the movement science component yeah. of it, you just need some play. You just need a floor. Let's get back to that. Let's mm -hmm. get the way that we were, that we learned movement in the first place. It's no problem mm -hmm. at all. Yeah. So, so you, we know we have the tools to operate in you know, basically with no improvements at all, but 
you know, maybe a place to sit down and be nice. Sure. Um, so, uh, can you kind of run everybody through like the, the, I know you got your five, what is it? Five step model kind of yeah. like, uh, broken down, break out that first step for us. Like what is it that allows people to go out on their own in a successful way and not just get eaten up? Oh, it's, it's be really, really good at your job. That's, that's the one step that I feel like everyone talks about like Steve can you look at my logo what do you think about this website <laughs> like I would rather look at your CV all the courses you've taken and mm. what you're reading on your nightstand than look at anything to do with you promoting yourself I feel mm. like it is this it's mind-blowing to me sometimes because everyone seems to want to know the the kind of quick way through and it's not you have to be an unbelievable clinician that's the, the first step and I'm not saying that you need to be perfect, but you have to be brave enough to put yourself in scenarios where you're the dumbest person in the room and ask the questions and get on the ground and movement play and figure out ways to connect with your patients and figure out methods to get your patients better. And there's no substitute for it. I don't care if everything else is perfect. You have the perfect location. You have the perfect side hustle plan, the perfect metrics. And it doesn't make a difference if you're not good at your job. I mean, not that gangster ass clinician where you're just like that person knows what they want to do they yeah. live and breathe it they read research every course you see them every single time that one of the experts is coming through those are the people that are going to be successful i think that that's the number one variable but it's something that people don't want to talk about because it's putting in hard work because it's every single day and there's no yeah. way that can what i'm seeing it. right now is of people with these like you were saying cvs but you see there's so much access to unbelievable education now that a bunch of people are completing these courses, but they're not actually doing it day to day. You know, they're like, Oh, I yeah. took the DNS course. I took SFMA. I took grass and it's like, all right, what are you doing? Well, I, it's tough to implement. It's like, yeah, you, you got to screw it up with like everybody on Monday, Tuesday and half of Wednesday right. before you get good at it. But man, that's when really the world starts opening up. Yes, I 100% agree. And I'll also take a side note is I think that there's a lot of like quick fixes that get thrown out. Do this, do that. There's a lot of uh, treatment Party modalities tricks. and yeah. tools, but people's algorithms aren't sound. Yeah. And I, I'm not picking, I'm, I'm a manual therapy certified university, university of St. Augustine and live, breathe and died that for 10 years. Yeah. And if you don't have the movement science, to walk the patient through the door that you just unlocked with your manual therapy, what are you really doing? You're, you're, you're getting them to feel better, but you're not actually making them better. And that's right. the, the part where I do think that it's really hard in a typical model. And that kind of leads us into our next two steps of it is you have to find the location and you got to start your side hustle. And that side hustle has to give you more time with your patients so you can develop the abilities that you're learning on these courses. Okay. So it, it, they all play together. And, and so, to so, on, yeah. Before we jump to the side hustle, which is which yeah, people of my interest location, give us one or two tips for finding that location. Like oh, what yeah. are we looking it's, for? I, I'll tell you what it's not. And I think that everyone thinks location is latitude, longitude, and Address, it's where right you there. are. Yeah, it's, exactly. And it's not, it's finding the gym that values education and has trainers that buy into that, and you're okay with making 120% of the amount that they're charging. That's the formula. That's it. 
it All has right, so, to all. So let's, let's break that out real quick. So yeah, walk into a gym and somebody goes, hey, we, um, you look, you, they're great gym, everybody's interested, smart trainers that obviously are hungry for more education, everybody's smiling and they say, we charge, I'm making it easy on you here, $50 an hour for one-on-one training. Yeah. That means what? What do you got to do? Am I, okay, am I okay with making 60? And yeah. let's see, six, yeah, like yeah, that's, that's right. not to me like that nailed it. it. Am I okay with that? Because then that conversation is not challenging. You want there to not be an obstruction between those people going to see their trainer and then saying, okay, cool. I'll go see this physical. You don't even want them to think about it. It's the same thing of if you're an out of network provider, why would you be marketing to an in-network doctor? They can think that you're the best physical therapist in the world. But if there's going to be that obstruction or that delay or that hurdle for the, the patient, friction in the, in the system, wa- you are wasted. There's such better options out there. No matter, no matter where you are, there has to be a better option okay. for that. And if not, and I think you've laid this out really well, create that option perhaps, but you got to try and test drive it somewhere and see how well you do in a gym setting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So go to a gym, find that. And, and just out of curiosity for your clients and your people, and what are they renting a room for in the back of a gym or et cetera, like space? In general, like what, what are the trainers? Okay, so I'll give you the fees in general for New mm-hmm. York City. I would say to come into a gym, it's between 25 and $35 just to use the gym as a person. And mm-hmm. some gyms will let you throw a table in and that's fine, that's it. The, the rooms tend to be a little bit more, obviously. My guess is, and I haven't run these numbers for the last eight years because I've been so happy where I'm at, 50 bucks, 40, I'd say 50 bucks plus or minus 10 bucks probably in New York. But I know that that's not- Are you saying the per day of, of rent or what? Like I'm, I'm confused. No, I hate to say it for a private room that's yeah. in, let's say, a yoga studio that has a private room. They're going to be between, I would say- 30, 40, 50 dollars for that one for that one room that day. But I do realize that this is perhaps not applicable to anyone else in the United States, but that is a number that you can easily get with one Google search and a ton of phone calls. And I think mm. everybody needs to do that. Everyone needs to do that, and I'll t- tell you why, because everyone tells me how lucky I am to be at the gym that I'm at. And I'm very lucky that the gym Gotham Gym shout out exists. It's amazing. But I'm not lucky to be there. I called 60 different gyms in the city with my nerdy ass spreadsheet. And I had my conversation that was exactly what you just asked. Is there a fee in order to go? Is there a private room? Do you have any other healthcare providers that are already there? Is there a day rate? Is there a monthly rate? Talk to me. And I had this whole thing and I synthesized it all the way through and then made my decision to go visit 10 of them. And then I chose three of them that I knew that I might end up at and might be a good fit for me. And I test drove those for six months and it was the right decision to be where I am. And I'm very lucky again that it exists, but I am not. It was hard ass work for me to do all of the front loading to get the data collected, to make sure that I would be successful. My father's an engineer. The apple does not fall far from the tree with this. You don't take risks with this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like a, uh... It's a movie, The Martian with uh, Matt Damon, where he's all, I'm just going to yeah. science the shit out of this thing. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I yeah. hate to say it. It's not Kevin Cotton. I'll go with your movies. It's not Kevin Costner's If You Build It, They Will Come. It is much more science the shit out of it. 
So That's somebody right. told me that in that movie, actually, he says, if you build it, he will come, meaning one person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And exactly. it's like, well, you can build it in one person. Probably your parents will show up to your clinic. You know? <laughs> exactly. Hey, maybe you might parents. get two if they're not divorced, but. Hey, it's Dr. Josh. And real quick, we'll get right back to that interview. But I definitely want to tell you all about our super conference. It's coming up on April 13th and 14th in Austin, Texas. Now, what is it and what makes it so awesome? Well, it's super. That's why it's called the super conference. And it's super because we've combined two of the greatest models in all of the clinic gym hybrid space. And that is the accelerator program. We are putting it live into an event and you're going over everything we cover in an accelerator live. Now, we can't go as in depth as the online training, but we're going to give you an overview on Saturday about how to run the business side of the operation. And then on Sunday, we have partnered with the CFSC, the Certified Functional Strength Coach Program, and they are teaching a course all about the exercise to do and the progressions and regressions to do with your clients. So you combine those two models, the best exercise program with the best business model, and you have an absolute super conference. So I hope you can join us April 13th and 14th in Austin, Texas. Go to our website, clinicgymhybrid.com, and look for the button that says Super Conference. Once again, clinicgymhybrid.com, and there's a button right at the top that says, tell me about the Super Conference. Click there, you got all the info. Thanks a lot. We'll get right back to that interview. Let's go to the side hustle, like, because that's going to be surprising to a lot of people, I think. They're like, nah, man, this is what I'm doing. I'm fully committed. Oh, my God. And you should almost know by this point in time whether you're cut out. I think everyone just says, oh, let me, uh, I'm going to start my own practice because that's what I'm supposed to do. I will say, I'm going to bring my dad in this again. This is actually my mom and dad. It says, they say, if I can talk someone out of getting married or buying a house, I've done them the biggest favor possible. I will add the third thing. If I can talk you out of starting a business, I've done you the biggest favor ever. You already know whether you're geared for this stuff. I was an Italian cuisine transportation specialist. That is a pizza boy if you want to be a dick about it. But I knew that I wanted that unknown amount of money. I'd rather know that I could go in and one night if I worked real hard and I got good tips, then I would end up coming out with increased wages rather than just sit and make $8 an hour sitting at a business and being a checkout person. And then I knew I wanted—I was a bartender. I wanted that hustle. I wanted my money to be tied to the amount of work that I did, not just set in stone because I knew that I worked harder than anyone else and that I would always overperform the average where those wages would be set for other people. And then I owned a boat washing and waxing business. And I just knew that that was for me. I knew that I needed to work with other people. And I'm so glad that I did to get my mentors and to get my algorithms and to get that thought process. But I always knew that I was going to work for myself. Horny's Helping Hands was what it was originally called when I was 17 years old, driving, delivering my pizzas. I knew it was going to happen. And if you don't have some sense of that burning desire, I don't, I would actively try and talk you out of starting your own business. You know, you ever heard of Zappos? They're local here in Vegas. For sure. Yeah, yeah. So I guess they, they have this thing where they, you go through like two weeks of training and then they offer you $1,500 to leave. 1500 bucks. Like, hey, you've been here for two weeks. We'll write you a check for 1500 And I was like, why the hell do they do that? And somebody's like, Brilliant. because if you're willing to give up everything you just saw, the ping pong tables, the camaraderie, the fun games, the going out. If you're willing to give that up for $1,500, like you are not the person we want. Like you will not fit in here. You will not be confident. You'll be not comfortable. Like most people be like, hell no, I'll pay you 1500 just to stay, man. Like this is awesome. You know, what a, what a great litmus test. And I, and I think it it just shines the light on 
you're built for it or you're not. And if you're not, you're not going to be happy. And it's not right. going to go well. It's going right. to tear you at the seams in other ways. So that's, that's where I would say, if you don't have the, the, if you don't have the mindset to be able to do a side hustle while you're still working, I don't think that it's going to go all that well because everything that you don't see in a day-to-day practice, everything that your boss was so kind to shield you from is going to come crashing down on you at 6.15 p.m. And then you're going to have to deal with it. If you don't have that juggling act down, it's probably not going to go all that well. And the side hustle can be so great because usually is more movement science because those are more more uh, reliable ways to keep patients. It can be training, yoga, Pilates, whatever it is. Develop your movement science game and your side hustle at the same time, and you'll be even happier because those people are the people that are really students. They're not clients. They're not patients. They're students. They're the people that like learning about their own body and want to move better and enjoy and appreciate. And unless they move away, they're sticking with you. And that's a really good business model. Again, like how you have your gym set up, mm-hmm. that's the business model we want. As a PT, if we're amazing at our job and make everyone better, quote unquote, in one session, we're screwed. So <laughs> yep. it's a nice way to keep people moving. That's a big thing. Like, I mean, maybe in New York City, maybe in LA, but maybe Chicago. But, you know, most people in there, if they're in the office in the suburbs, man, there is a finite number of new patients. So you can't just play this game like, I'm just going to triple my new patients. Like, Dude, that will run out and you'll exhaust the market pretty quick. However, if you just instead go, hey, how can I make, how can I form a valuable relationship over a lot of years with this person? That's a much better option. So I'm preaching yeah, the choir that, here, but yeah. All right, no, so, but I, I think that's great. Yeah. So, so step one, just to review was become amazing. Like be the absolute best provider that you know. Don't be cocky about it, but be the best you know and uh, market yourself through incredible service. Number two is find the right location, which is most likely in a gym that you want to be associated with, basically. Not just any gym, but like one that's killer diller uh, with some hungry ass educated trainers. Number Mm -hmm. three was start your side hustle. So don't think that this is going to pay all your bills. Right. You, You need some French fries with those hamburgers, right? Test drive before you buy. Yeah. And then what's number four? It's metrics. It's exactly what we were talking about before. This is not an emotional conversation. Oh, this but is it is, pure... dude, because I'm, a, I'm in this business because I like people. I like putting my hands on people. <laughs> I, do this. I mean, seriously, like. Yeah, but then stay working for someone else. I'm, yeah, most I'm of our, talking about most of our colleagues are not, they're not spreadsheet people, <laughs> you know? Find a friend. You got to have one friend who, who knows how to work a spreadsheet. But it is, even if you end up doing it on a piece of paper, you lowball the sh- stuff out of everything, mm-hmm. and then you see if you can be afloat in August and January because that's what so many people forget. They just say, "Oh, look at me." It's a common, understandable mistake, but they start to think about starting their own practice when they're busiest in March and April and May before people leave for the summer. And so and, they. And take as a side note, numbers. I just want to kick in there because I've talked to three people in last week like this. Please, everybody that gets busy, please, I beg you, I beg you, continue to market yourself. Oh, God, yeah. Most people get really busy. They stop marketing themselves. So about two months later, I'm sure you've seen this in people. Of course. Their schedule slows down. 
They make stupid ass decisions because they're scared. They're scared about business going away. So they don't yeah. make sound decisions. And then through whatever reason, because they went out and hustled, they get busy again. And it's like the cyclical wave of biz- peaks and valleys. And it's like, right. just continue to have lunch three days a week with contacts or just continue to have two coffees a, a week with contacts, whether golf pros or people at the gym or doctors or whatever. But God dang it, don't do the peaks and valley stuff, man. It's just heartbreaking. Yeah, whatever you think is a good enough idea to do, do it consistently. Our marketing is always the same. I, I don't talk to doctors. I mean, I treat doctors. My patients are doctors. But I exclusively market to personal trainers, and I solely do that by education. And that's my thing. And I'm not saying you have to be you. Whatever you are, but whatever it is, if you think that it's the right thing. We just did a whole webinar a, week, a couple of weeks ago all about this. Like, yeah. go out, talk to, talk to people, educate, provide value. And it was specifically right. to the local trainers. I'm glad you're confirming that. So. Oh, God. That's how I started my whole business. That's, that's why I'm here today. And now, I, you know, I'm teaching six uh, months this year, teaching movement science to trainers, anatomy, pathology, mm-hmm. and corrective exercise. Because I really enjoy it, frankly. Now, you made like oh. a – yeah, you made like a true um, – you weren't just doing offhand like one day workshops. Like you, you got some legit training that you offer, right? Yes. We take, we take the whole body and we show them the why behind the what, and it ends up being a really nice curriculum. I started out and a lot of people, I think try to walk into a room and teach pathology because that's what they get asked for. It's really hard to explain where the rotator cuff tear is. If someone doesn't know what the rotator cuff is. So we took it back. We broke it down to anatomy physiology, structure, function, pathology, corrective exercise. And that's been a much better path forward. And I love it. But, but again, that's, that's me. That's what I love to do. What, if you're more comfortable offering 10 to 15 minute free assessments to the trainers and doing it one-on-one or getting them and saying, hey, do you want me to sit down on one of your sessions and then we can do some assessments? Do you. Whatever you're comfortable with and keeps you comfortable and moving things forward is exactly what it should be done. So that, awesome. whatever it is, but just out of curiosity, Steve, we saw, people asked me this uh, when we did that webinar, uh, in your experience and not just you personally, but your experience with clients and whatnot, how many trainer relationships do I need to have a full schedule? Like, is it five great relationships? Is it 20? I would say that I have a dozen really great training relationships. Okay. Um, and, I, and you think it, it was actually higher than normal. I think that's why I'm successful. Well, what because I, I is a yeah. dozen. So if I have 10, so if I, you know, if a guy, if a guy develops 10, will that keep food yeah. on the table? Eight felt like the number when you actually said it, to be honest. Okay, cool. Like what's going to keep, keep yeah. food on the table. Eight, well, eight is what my brain says. Yeah. The reason I, I, I say, I bring that up is you're not talking about a lot of relationships. You're not talking about spending thousands on Facebook. You're not talking about like, literally to me, what that sounds like is every Wednesday you're having lunch with somebody and every two months you're going to hit all your contacts, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, but that's That's, not hard to maintain. And you know, just if, if that's as hard as it gets and then how many every month, how many educational opportunities do you, do you like to see people kind of engage in meaning going? I do every week. Yeah. Once a week. Yeah. Yeah, I do every Monday. Well, actually, we do twice a week now. We do Monday but you're at a stud. our gym. <laughs> yeah. Total. yeah, but it's fun though. I don't know. It, it's it's uh yeah. 
I, I guess the right. reason I'm asking is I don't want people to be intimidated by this idea. Like you're, this isn't a lot of No, stuff. I started with one hour a week. That was it. I never yeah. had coffee with anyone. I never had lunch with anyone. I would go, I would teach for this one hour. And then I would say, if you send me a patient, let's take, pick a time that you can be there as well. And then from that, we're going to walk through this together. And then you reply to their emails on time. And just like anything, you do what you say you're going to do and people will like you and want to work with you. It's not rocket science. Yeah. I remember Eric Cressy was saying that, you know, one of the reasons that he got busy quicker was that he, he remembers getting a call from an agent and the guy had like six athletes in his gym. He said, dude, you know, Eric, you know what I really, I love more about what I love about you. And Eric's like, oh, you know, your guys are strong and they're healthy. And he's like, no, like there's a bunch of gyms doing that. He's like, oh, really? What is it? And he said, you actually call me back. Like when I call and ask you, like, how is Billy doing? I get a no BS answer. I get it that day. He's like, as an agent, when it gets close to, you know, negotiations, like you need to know real time information. Right. And he's like, I, I don't want to wait three days for a call, you know? No. And that's the thing. It's just never put something as red in your inbox until you've done it. It's the easiest, simplest trick, if you will. Yeah. But if you do that, you won't miss your emails and that's it i don't understand why everybody doesn't do that but so the trick to success you're saying is is yeah. uh regular coffee yeah exactly a gmail box and I know. Uh, and uh and actually getting on the floor and doing the stuff that you went to the seminar to do yeah it, they all come together man that's it's yeah. it's, awesome. it's kind of wild but be reliable go all figure right, so, it out. so number four yeah so number four was going back was metrics right? Yeah, exactly. And then what's number then, five? What's the coup de grace? What's the final? I would, I would never say this on the sports field, but mm -hmm. play not to lose. And I know that that sounds like a silly thing because obviously everyone wants to win at this, but playing not to lose means don't tie your expenses to the month, tie them to your productivity, have everything that you can possibly be tied to your revenue so that even though you might make a little bit less money in a given month, you'll never be on the other side. And that's where I see, that's where I've seen people fail mm -hmm. when they were playing to win and saying, well, uh, if I end up having this amount of people, then this rent will be fine. No, stick with the day rate, stick with the per person rate until you're bursting at the seams. That may not get you the new car faster, but it's certainly going to let you endure the first August the first January, the second August, the second January, and then everything starts to come together. And then when you end up having multiple subsets of times where it was foolish for you to be playing not to lose. And I mean, it, for me, it had to happen one full year again. I didn't make the decision. I wasn't, I wasn't monthly rent at the gym that I'm at until between the second and third year. And I was busy. I needed to have an August where it really still made sense for me to play for, for paying a full monthly rent. And I kept on running the numbers and kept on running the numbers. And my, in my brain, I always thought I was busier than I actually was because I was tired and because I was working yeah. really hard. That's not how this goes. It's purely numbers. And it really relates back to four. It's all metrics and lowball the out of your metrics. You have to take 20% and bring it off. Whatever you think the lowest number is, take an additional 20% off of it. And you'll thank me if you do that. Let me ask you this. Cause I, I think people like what you just said, like running the numbers and you think you're busy, you think it's you're slammed, right? So if you have six patient hours a day, 
let's just say that six hours. And, uh, the other, you got another hour of marketing, like you're saying, you got another hour of clinical. That's an eight hour day or of a administrative. And I know nobody on this is going, no, no, I wait, I work way more than that. Right. I'm going to guess you're probably 10 to 12 hours a day. Right. If you're six hours a day and one of those people doesn't show up, what percent of your schedule that day do you think you lost? Do you know the number? 18%. I'm just guessing. No, it's more than that. 16.67. Close enough. Yeah. Like, I mean, just think about it. Like if, so if I went down to, uh, let me, let me figure this out real quick. Cause I just want to make an impact of this. If you went down to a car dealership and there's a car there for $40,000, you just asked them to take $6,600 less. Right. Yeah. And it's like, people don't realize like how much one cancellation affects your income. Just one, you know, it's, it's the difference between profit and loss. And that's, that's what I'm saying is if you, but if you're still at an hourly rate at your gym and a per person, you lost nothing except for the opportunity to make that money. But now you can take that time and go back and maybe you call one of those trainers to maybe walk over to the local gym. Then you're not bound and shackled by your rent. And that's, that's, again, this conversation is, is for me because I've touched, I've touched stoves, but I was pretty, of the things that I'm saying, I'm, I'm more telling you what I did and how it worked, but I've seen my friends touch stoves in, (laughs) in breaking these five rules. And I don't want anyone else to touch those stoves because the people that get out and want to work more in depth with people are the people that are going to increase health literacy. And then the whole tide is rising. The PTs and the chiros and the acupuncturists are all becoming viewed much more highly in the community. And that's what we want. So that I, I don't want people to, to take it. I don't want people to use their emotions when they start these clinics. I want them to be smart and I want them to be safe. And that's going to increase longevity. And that's going to put more solid clinicians out there in gyms and out there so that people are going to start to think that PTs and chiros, acupuncturists, and everyone can offer a high level, higher level of service than they currently do. And that helps everybody. So where can people find this plan, like kind of laid out? Like, I mean, we talked about it, but if they want to get it and actually yeah, kind of go sure. through this. I mean, if anyone wants to go through, you can obviously listen to this, but if you go on our website, iHealthSciences.com, you can schedule just like anyone else a business consultation and I will go through your specific scenario so that you can have a higher chance of succeeding. I enjoy that as much as I enjoy pretty much anything. So this is when the person has their hand hovering over the stove and and you're just going to be like, "Eh, let me help you out there real quick. I'll catch two or three things that you probably didn't think of that will make it significantly more enjoyable, even though everyone knows it's really challenging. Yeah. Give us a a positive story here. So what's, who's somebody that you uh, succeeded with or like, what's a, what's a success story so that. Oh man, I'm trying to think who's probably the best example. There is just, there's the, Oh man, it's actually, I got an email three weeks ago, maybe four, from Anthony Batiste. Mm-hmm. Um, one of his best friends is a PT who's an amazing PT, Todd Gill. He's out oh, yeah. in San Diego. You got to see him. He's the best. Yeah. So I, lived on Todd, I lived on Todd Gill's couch for three months. He's one of my best friends. He was my TA when I was in grad school. Nice. Um, we, he taught through the cadaver. And then 
he used to live with some rugby guys. I used to play rugby. We became friends. And then when I ended up doing my clinical rotation, he was kind enough to say, hey, I'm out in San Diego. Why don't you sign up for the one in Point Loma? You can crash on my couch. It's all good. And so him and I have been very close ever since. And just always, Todd is a great example of the gangster ass clinician that I talked about, that person who's just really, really good at their job. He takes a ton of courses. He's very intelligent. He puts it together well, and that's it. And we would always kind of talk where he, him and I would go down to the beach and we'd work out. And it was always the same thing. Every single year, I would go on my pilgrimage to San Diego. And it was me asking him about the courses that he'd taken. I would talk about the course I took. And then it was just me giving him the slightest bit of encouragement towards starting his own thing. And that happened for a significant amount of years. And to the point where one day I honestly didn't leave on my trip until we had bought ToddGillPT.com. Now he's changed it. But either way, that was just the thing on Squarespace. Maybe, I'll, on maybe I'll buy it back from him. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a hot commodity. And so I got an email from Todd about three or four weeks ago. It was after he had run his numbers from 2018. And it was short and it was sweet and it was concise. And it said, hey, man, I just ran all my numbers from last year. And, and he gave me some specifics. But the tone of it was, I did so much better than I thought that I did and so much better than I thought that I would. And I can't thank you enough. And the icing on top or the cherry on top was his wife also had reached out to me after we had talked and was like, Hey, I, and I love Emily. She's amazing. It was just like, Hey, I just got to say, thank you so much. Thank you for helping Todd just take those steps and just encouraging him because everyone who knows him knows that he would be successful in it. But it yeah. was just important for him to have almost a, 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 an algorithm for it, which is, again, what I think I provided through my experiences to put it in a system to actually succeed. So he's the best. I can't be more gracious to him. And it felt really good to, to feel that coming back. So That's awesome, man. That's awesome. All right. So you, I don't know if I let you share your site where uh, you said yeah. you'd help him out. Yeah, for sure. Go to I, uh, So our company name is Integrated Health Sciences. That's where we have our PT, we have our products, we have our education. It's all under that. Uh, IPT is our physical therapy. But if you just go to eyesandintegratedhealthsciences.com, at the bottom it says click here to make an appointment. In there, you can obviously be a patient and make an appointment, feel free. But if you want consulting, that's under there too. Just grab a spot and we'll make it happen. So nice, dude. happy to share. Yeah, any pearls? I'm happy to give. It really makes me very happy. Awesome. Now you can't take any calls in the next couple of weeks because you're going to be on a medical mission trip, right? Yes, sir, man. I can't wait. It's, uh, it's, how'd you it, get involved in that? Just share your curiosity. Yeah. So Carl Eichenfeld, who is one of the, I call him a mobility sorcerer. He's one of those PTs that was very quick to be in that movement world because his background was exercise science. His professor in college, which is Mercy College, would always go down with a group of students and he went down as a student, then he was studying for his licensing exam. So I went in his place. Then the next year, me and him went together and my dad came down, he's an engineer, to be in the wheelchair uh, department. And then now my mom is going down too. So my mom and dad right now are literally in the air going down to Quito. My mom's gonna be doing admin, almost like the scribe for two of the, one of the PTs, one of the OTs. My dad's an engineer and me and Carl, end up fixing a whole bunch of wheelchairs because our division is the pediatric neuro. And uh, so, and I'll plug that medical mission Ecuador. 
uh, check it out. Feel free to make any donations. It all goes to a really great place. Awesome, and it's man. one of those things where literally every dollar goes, we pay our own way. It's not even like you're fundraising for us. We pay yeah. our way down. We pay our hotel. It just goes straight to the kids. We did a big fundraiser and raised a ton of money for strollers and wheelchairs for the kids. So it feels awesome. All right. So Steve Horney from uh, Integrated Health Technologies. Sciences, but whatever. Oh, right. science. Well, I don't want to screw it up, dude. So I don't care. iHealthSciences.com, yep. right? Yes, sir. Fantastic. Well, he'll be down helping kids in Ecuador on a medical mission. But hey, man, I really appreciate the time today. And uh, I'm sure that a lot of people heard some things that hopefully will get them moving because it is scary to start. But, you know, uh, what do they say? There is no courage. There is no courage without fear. Or without fear, there can be no courage, I think is the way they say that. Yeah. Uh, If it's easy, it's probably not worth pursuing. So uh, I appreciate your time today, Steve. And thanks a lot. Absolute pleasure, man. Thank you so much for yours. All right, brother. Boom. I hope that was impactful. I know I enjoyed that interview a lot. So if you're interested in learning more about the hybrid model, then go over to clinicgymhybrid.com where you can find out more information, including information on our accelerator program, which will lay out the 42 steps to get up and running with a hybrid facility of your own. This is Dr. Josh Sayerly. We'll talk to you later.